Hi, everybody. My name's Kath. I'm one of the leaders of Patton Church. Um, anyone here listen to podcasts? Yes. Oh, that's quite a few hands going up. Okay. Do you want to shout out some of your podcasts that, like, when it downloads, you always listen to it every time it comes out? What are the ones that we always listen to? Dan Snow's History Hits. That's such a Tom Morgan podcast. Any other podcast recommendations today? Yes, okay. Ah, oh, Friday Night Comedy. You never know what you're going to get, but it's always funny. Um, I was listening to a podcast this week, and it was slightly randomly, um, an interview with Rich Froning, who is the four times individual and four times team world CrossFit champion. Mmm, yeah, <laughs> it worked even better than this morning, that did. Um, uh, if you know what CrossFit in it's CrossFit is, it's like really hard circuits. So circuits are like a little bit of hopping and a little bit of skipping and a little bit of like push-ups and a little bit, <laughs> Tracy's laughing at me, and a little bit of like burpees, if you know what a burpee is, and a little bit of, um, I don't know, doing rowing, pretend rowing or something. This is like so much harder than that. It's like climbing ropes with your bare hands. It's like dragging Ton, ton weight tires across an auditorium. It's like carrying sandbags that are heavier than you up a hill. Anyway, it's like really hard circuits. And this guy is um, a multi-time world champion. And he was saying that basically he really felt that he was born to do it. And um, he was born into a family where on just one side of his family, on his mum's side, he had 31 cousins, first cousins, 31 first cousins. So he said, I just grew up competing. That's just what I was the program to do from a very young age. Um, and he said that it's not that he loves winning, but he really hates losing. So that just really helped him like drive, drive his um, stuff forward. And he, had, he talks about like mental toughness as well as physical toughness, various things that made him mentally tough. Um, so it was, he felt like it was what he was kind of born to do. And there was a moment quite early on in his career when he lost. I mean, he said he lost. He actually came second, but apparently that's as bad as losing. So he, he lost. He went through regionals and then the national finals, and he was down to the final like heat, and um, he was exhausted, and he didn't do well on... It was a rope climb, actually. He didn't do well on because he just tried to use his arms and not his feet or something very technical like that. Um, and he lost, and he ended up coming second in the world at CrossFit, and that was an absolutely got to him, it complete blow to the heart. Um, and he realized that he'd let his identity become completely wrapped up in his worldly achievements. Um, and actually, he's a Christian, and he realized that actually he was created to use his gifts to give back to others, not to puff himself up or all about winning, but to bring glory to God and to help other people. And then he now works in a team. So it's not just about him, it's about his team becoming champions of the CrossFit Games. Um, and I don't know about you, whether you sometimes ask yourself, what am I here for? Um, our Sunday talks this term are on a slide somewhere. And um, they take the form of like a letter from God. So loads of amazing things that God says to us, says about us um, throughout Scripture, throughout our walk with God. Um, if you were here a few weeks ago, you'd have heard Joel talk about how God loves us. Then the next week, Paul talks about how we were amazing. If you don't feel amazing, go back and listen to that one, because Paul says you're amazing about 35 times in that talk. So if you need to just be told you're amazing, that's a talk for you. Um, and then two weeks ago, we were thinking about, I'm, I'm with you in the adventure. God's with us in the adventure. We're on an adventure with God. God invites us into an adventure, and we're on it with him. And we had our squad preach two weeks ago. So we had three people in the morning, three people, three people in the afternoon, just doing six minutes each, um, talking about what 
God's saying about being on an adventure with God. And one thing that Maddie said, actually, in the afternoon two weeks ago, was that whenever God invites you on an adventure, he has a purpose for that adventure. Whenever God invites you on an adventure, he has a purpose for the adventure that you're on. And that really got to me. I was like, yeah, there's a purpose for this adventure that I'm on with God. So today we're thinking about living out our purpose, what God says about us living out our purpose. What are we here for? Um, there was a boy in my primary school called John, and um, when he was four, when he was sort of reception age, he was absolutely obsessed with Fireman Sam, and not like the new Fireman Sam, or CGI, like the old Fireman Sam, um, absolutely obsessed with it. And if you'd asked John what he wanted to be when he was growing up, um, aged four, he said, I want to be a fireman. Um, if you'd have asked him sort of age seven, just starting junior school, what do you want to be when you grow up, John? He'd say, I want to be a fireman. If you asked him when he was in year six, when he was 11, what do you want to be when you grew up, John? He'd say, I want to be a fireman. Really wanted to be a fireman. And me and John actually went to different secondary schools, and I didn't see him for eight years. And then I met him in the Weatherspoons in Gloucester, the Regal in Gloucester, if you ever go there. Um, I bumped into Jonathan on a Friday night when I was 19. And I said, oh, it's John. Once we work out who we were and how we knew each other and how we were doing, I said, Jonathan, John, are you a fireman? And he was a fireman at 19. He'd done all the stuff he needed to do at school. He was in fireman training, whatever that means. He was doing lots of brave things, helping people and being a fireman. Absolutely amazing. He knew what his purpose was. And he was heading towards it. And maybe some of you know what you're here for, know what you're born to do, know what your passions are, know what God's asking you to do. Um, and you just need God to help you crack on and work towards it. Some of you actually might have no idea what your purpose is, and that's okay as well. Sometimes we don't get told by God that we're going to be a fireman. That's not how it works for everyone. Um, I don't know if Jonathan got told that by God, actually, or whether he just really liked fireman Sam. Anyway, um, some of us won't know what our purpose is. Um, sometimes we have a vague idea. Maybe it feels like it's constantly changing. Um, and some of us, I'm sure today, are just really aware of our own limitations. Maybe your life just feels really far from the ideal that you had of what you wanted to be at this point. Maybe you can look back over decisions that you've made and you look and you think, maybe I'm not even moving towards the right place. Maybe I'm not even walking towards the purpose God has for me. We're going to look in the Bible at a um, chap called Simon Peter. Um, and when we first meet him, he's a fisherman called Simon. Um, and the Bible paints a picture of him to be a really ordinary fisherman, probably not well-educated academically and probably not particularly well-educated in the religious teaching, although he did recognize Jesus for who he was. And when Jesus asked him to come on an adventure with him, he followed him um, on an extraordinary adventure, as we heard about two weeks ago. Jesus said to him, I'll make you fish for people. You're, just in the way that you've brought fish in in nets, you're going to go out and bring people into my kingdom. Um, Simon Peter is not a perfect person. Um, there's lots of things about him that I can really well relate to. Um, he's impulsive. He uh, speaks without thinking. Uh, he doesn't always understand what Jesus is doing. I can see that in my life. I can't always understand what God's doing, what's happening. Um, he makes the bad choices. Um, he struggles with change. That's one of mine. Um, and crucially, he denies knowing Jesus. At a really crucial time, he tells a lie that he didn't know Jesus um, when Jesus is arrested and um, on trial to be put on the cross. He denies knowing Jesus. He doesn't tell the truth. But... Despite some big mistakes and some stumbles along the way, he keeps following Jesus. 
he keeps going on an adventure with him. And Jesus has a purpose for Peter's adventure. So we're going to read a little bit about Jesus' purpose for Peter from Matthew chapter 16. And we're going to start at verse 18. Verse 18 and 19. Jesus says, I tell you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Um, And here we see he's given a new name. That's why we sometimes call him Simon, sometimes call him Peter, sometimes call him Simon Peter. Because he has two names. It's very confusing. Um, Some of you will have a nickname. Um, Peter, it says in the footnotes of my Bible, it says on the screen as well, helpfully, um, at the little letter A, the Greek word for Peter means rock. So he's basically been given a nickname that means rock. So I guess it's a bit like us being given a nickname like Rocky or um, another, like Flinty or I don't know. Rocky probably works the best. Rocky. Um, just imagine that he's not called Peter, he's called Rocky. Um, so, <laughs> the solid ground. Um, something solid anyway. Think of a solid rock. Granite. No, probably not that one. Um, <laughs> he's given a new name. He's given a new identity. Jesus calls him Rocky. He calls him Peter because actually he's going to be the rock the solid ground that everything that comes after is going to rest on. And nothing's going to stand in the way of it. Nothing, um, the gates of hell, it says, nothing, um, no powers of temptation or evil, nothing that's going to get in the way, um, nothing's going to be able to stop it. And he'll be given the keys to the kingdom. He'll be given authority over what's in the kingdom, what's out of the kingdom. Extraordinary purpose that God has for his life. Um, and because he's following Jesus, he's on an adventure with Jesus, he's trusting Jesus, he can do far more than what we might have expected of him, what anyone might have expected of him. Um, he's a fisherman. He doesn't like know loads of stuff. And Jesus says, you're going to be the rock. You're going to be the one on which I built. Um, one of my favorite stories of people, someone who did far more than was expected of him is the story of a chap called Graham Seed. He's on, um, if you're involved in Alpha, you'll see him in a few weeks um, on the videos. And um, he grew up in a rough area of Merseyside and grew up in homes filled with violence and drugs and alcohol. And, and he grew up and eventually lived in a vicious cycle of going into prison and coming out of prison and going into prison and coming out of prison. And he says that he was always searching for love, searching for something to fill the hole inside of him. And um, eventually he was made homeless and got incredibly ill through that homelessness, very poor health. And he ended up in a coma and his mum was called in to switch off the machines. Some people, some Christians had been meeting him on the streets in his, in his homelessness and um, came to the hospital um, and everyone had given up for him. They wanted to pray for him and they said, we know someone who loves him and wants to help him. So they went in and prayed for him. They said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, give this man new life. And Graham woke up instantly at that moment and started breathing on his own. Understandably, he wanted to know more about Jesus and went along to Alpha and experienced an amazing transformation in himself from meeting with Jesus. He says when he, in his um, account of this, from that day on, I was totally transformed. I had a desire to tell people about Jesus. I said to Jesus that day, you've given me hope. Help me to give other people hope. He then starts a ministry to people who are in prison. Um, And then he said, I spent 10 years of my life in prison trying to get out. And now every day I'm trying to get in. Amazing story. He's achieved so much more than anyone would have expected of him. 
given the, the difficult place that he was in before he met with Jesus. Because he's following Jesus, he's giving hope to so many more people. The next bit of a Bible passage is St. Peter's next mistake, one of many, um, and we'll read from verse 21. From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed and on the third day be raised to life. Peter took him aside and said, and began to rebuke him, never, Lord, he said, this shall never happen to you. Jesus turned and said to Peter, get behind me, Satan, you are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. And Jesus is making it really clear here that his purpose, Jesus' purpose, is going to involve sacrifice. He's going to be handed over to the elders, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and he's going to be killed um, in the most horrendous way. Um, and Peter, understandably, is not very keen on this. This is his saviour, his messiah, the one who's just invited him on an adventure, and he's really excited about it, and he's cracking on. He's just given an amazing purpose for his life, and there's no way he's going to let it all end in nothing. There's no way he's going to let it all be taken away. There's no way he's going to let Jesus die the most horrific death, the death of a criminal, um, in a horrible, undignified way. He says, this will never happen to you. And he doesn't understand that actually Jesus' death is what's going to bring Peter and all of us, all the generations and generations of people that came after him, that death is going to bring them life. And it's going to bring us life in all its fullness, everlasting life. It's a horrific death that brings perfect peace and perfect freedom. And actually all the things that get in the way of us being close to God, maybe those things that we look back over our life and think, oh, I don't think I made the right choice there. I don't think that was going to help me live out my purpose. All the stuff that happens because of other things other people do, the mistakes that other people do. All of that stuff that stops us being on adventure with God, living our adventure with God. Um, Jesus' death and resurrection takes them away. Our, our sins, our problems, the stuff that gets in the way is dies with him. And we're risen to new life. We're given new life in him, a new start, um, complete freedom, complete forgiveness. And we carry on in verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. And so Jesus gives himself up for us. And part of our purpose, Peter's purpose, our purpose in following Jesus is to do the same for other people. Part of our purpose is to give up something of our life for Jesus. Maybe something of our control on our life. Maybe some of that stuff that's not helping us to follow God. Maybe some of our privilege or our comfort or our freedom so that we can serve others, so we can help others, so we can make a difference in other people's lives, so that we can be good news for people. We can tell people the good news of what Jesus has got for them to help them live in freedom and forgiveness. Because actually we'll find our life in Jesus. Whatever we lose to him, we'll find life to the full, life in all its fullness, life that's worth living. We'll find that in him. It's a real privilege at Patton Church to have some Iranian brothers and sisters worshipping with us. Um, and uh, Iman, who's, who was here this morning but is not here now, 
was telling me a few, a few weeks ago about part of his story and how he's lost everything because he follows Jesus. He's lost his home and his family, everything that he knew in Iran. He's had to leave and he's ended up here with us, which is a great privilege for us. Um, but he's lost everything because he follows Jesus, because he became a Christian. And he said to me last week that even though he's lost everything, he feels lucky to be a Christian even though he has nothing that he had before, he's found something so precious in Jesus. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. And so our purpose, what God's calling us to, isn't necessarily characterized by strength or brains or our own courage or our own human ability, maybe some of the things that Peter's looking for, maybe some of the things that we sometimes fall back on when we try and find fulfillment in our lives. Um, when we give up that stuff, that's when we really find our life. We find our purpose. Gandhi said, the best way to find yourself is to lose yourself in the service of others. That's what we're talking about today. The best way to find yourself is to lose yourself for Jesus and to lose yourself in serving others. Um, Angelina Jolie, who I think is still quite mainstream. Nodding, Angelina Jolie. Yeah, okay, got some half nods. Um, Angelina Jolie is a film star, actor, and um, director, and she does lots of other stuff in Hollywood as well. Um, but she also does a huge amount of work for refugees and other causes. Um, there's a video going around on Facebook at the moment of her acceptance speech for a humanitarian award from a few years ago. And she's talking about her mum, and she says that her mum taught her that nothing would mean anything if she didn't live a life that was of use to others. And Angelina... Jolie says that she didn't really understand what that meant until she travelled and she realised just how fortunate she'd been and um, she realised that actually she didn't want any more just to be wrapped up in her own situation, in her own pain, in her own life drama, in her own experience, but she wanted to be someone who is making a difference in other people's lives, in other people's pain, in other people's dramas, in other people's suffering. Um, she didn't want to be, it wasn't just about her anymore, but she realised that it was about how she could serve other people. We follow Jesus, who's constantly serving others, loving others, helping others. That's who he is. That's why he came to us. And ultimately, he gives his very life for us. And we find our purpose when we give it a go, when we can give some stuff up for him and for those around us. Um, I've been reading about resilience the last few months. I've got a really book, good book on emotional resilience, if you're interested in it. Um, and one of the characteristics of resilient people is that they're able to look beyond their own situation. They're able to look beyond their own stuff, their own baggage, their own drama, their own pain. And they're able to think about other people. They're able to um, sometimes be really brave and, and try and have some empathy for someone else or try and think about what it might be like for the other person. So psychology says that this will make us more resilient. This will make us more resilient to be on the adventure with Jesus if we're able to think about others and serve others. As a church, we're inviting people into family to serve Swindon. That's our vision. If you haven't heard that before, I'll say it again. We're inviting people into family to serve Swindon. That's what our purpose is, Patton Church. Um, we exist for the people who aren't here the 200,000 people in Swindon who aren't connected with church currently. And we want to make it really easy for those people to come in um, to, to find faith, to find Jesus, to find family, and to live out their purpose in Jesus. And as we live out our purpose, we're going to make a difference. We might not make a difference for thousands of people at a time, like Angelina Jolie and the refugees, but 
We can make a difference for the people that are around us, the people that God's given to us to serve as we follow Jesus and serve others. We can make a difference, live out our purpose in helping other people to live out theirs. And then they can help other people to live out theirs. And then they can help other people to live out theirs. That's how we reach the whole of Swindon, isn't it? One person at a time in an incredible change. Just like the succession of Peter all the way to now, we've got a succession that we're part of, of helping people to live out their purpose as we follow Jesus and serve others. I've got two more stories. My friend Bridget, who I was at, um, a lady at my previous church, um, she became a Christian in her late teens um, when she realized that actually God made sense and she was going to follow Jesus. And that it wasn't sort of a particularly dramatic um, experience for her necessarily. She just sort of decided it all made sense and that's what she was going to do. Um, so she um, eventually became a youth worker for a short time and she spent some time doing youth work um, near our old church on um, a very deprived estate. It was then a very deprived estate in South London with um, lots of drug and gang violence, um, lots of young families, lots of um, people living in financial um, poverty and other sorts of poverty as well. And actually youth work was great, hanging out with these young people were great, but she realized that they needed a purpose, they needed something to do, they needed something to live it out, um, they needed s someone to tell them that they were worthy and they had, had some use. Um, and so she set up a business to employ some of the young people that she was working with um, who would otherwise actually have huge barriers to employment, all sorts of different barriers, but it would be very difficult for them to be employed. Um, her business sells sourdough pizza. Um, in the summer, as a church family, um, we go to something called Focus, which is like a camping holiday um, in July, at the end of the July, uh, which is marvelous. And if you've been to Focus, you'll have seen the vast queues outside of her pizza van company, because um, they make very nice sourdough pizza. They're called Well Needed. Um, which is partly like a pun on like kneading pizza dough. If you're like bakers, you have to knead, knead dough with a K. But actually also, it's a message to the young people that she wanted to employ, that actually they're well needed. They have a purpose. They have value. Um, they are well needed in our society. They, they're loved by God. Um, they've got an adventure to be on with Jesus. It's a message to them. Um, and it's not been straightforward, her business, I think it would be fair to say. It's been really challenging. It's really been contested. She's had to fight for it. Um, but she's been able to follow Jesus and serve others in releasing them into their purpose. And then some of you might know Becky Davison, who's a Swindon lady. Um, and Becky's connection with her local church up in North Swindon um, started by someone else asking if they could take her children to Sunday school, take her children to church. So her children started to go into church without her. That was her first connection with church. And then um, to start with, they really didn't fit in in church at all. They, they really didn't find that easy. Um, but gradually, they got loved into the family. They found faith in Jesus. And then later on, Becky felt called to do something, to do something for people who were really in need, to serve others. And um, she ended up setting up something called Swindon Night Shelter, which is still running now, 10 years later. Um, and her organization, the Night Shelter, now serves some of the most vulnerable people in Swindon. And it's expanding all the time. They've got a, a building project just about to start. They're doing amazing, amazing things, seven days a week, actually, with some of the most vulnerable people in Swindon. And it's all from someone being invited into the family, finding faith, finding their purpose, and going on in following Jesus to serve others. So we have a really good role model in Simon Peter, Rocky. Um, he's not perfect. He gets loads wrong. Uh, but he lives out his purpose. He keeps following Jesus. 
And he does become, despite maybe our low expectations of him, other people's low expectations of him, he does become rocky. He does become the rock on which Jesus builds his church. He he goes on to hear from God powerfully, to proclaim good news, to preach to people who seem healing and miracles. He leads the church as it spreads um, throughout the Middle East and beyond. Um, We stand in the legacy today of what Peter did. He serves others and he suffers for his faith as well. He's imprisoned multiple times and eventually he is killed for his faith. Um, And we get to see the succession of what Peter's been part of. More and more people, generations following Jesus and serving others, living out their purpose. We're going to pray together in a moment. But I suppose my question for you is what might a step forwards on the adventure look like for you today? What is a step forwards in living out your purpose, following Jesus, serving others? What does a step forwards look like for you today? Maybe it's a step towards following Jesus taking a step of faith, saying yes to the adventure. Maybe it's a step away from some low expectations that you might have of yourself, things that you've said about yourself, things that other people have said about yourself that are actually not true, that Jesus got a purpose for you despite people's low expectations maybe. Maybe it's a step away from some of the stuff that's holding you back, choosing to step away from some of those things and step into adventure and purpose with God. Maybe it's a step into serving. Maybe there's people you already know who you want to be serving. You want to be loving. You want to be seeing them fulfilled in their purpose, following Jesus and serving others. And I wonder what your life might look like if you took a step today. If you stepped into into following him. If you stepped into true freedom, life to the full. Life that's worth living. Life with purpose. I wonder might happen, what might happen to the people around us, what might happen in Swindon if we um, took a step forward today, if we wanted to serve others in their weaknesses, putting them first, if we started giving up something of ourselves, of our privilege, of our freedom, so that someone else can live life to the full. If we invited other people to join us on the adventure, see them released into freedom, finding faith, finding family, seeing transformation, fulfilling their purpose. Imagine if we had hundreds and hundreds more Bridgets and Beckys and Graham Seeds and all the rest of you here, um, making a real difference in people's lives, making a real difference for Swindon, changing the world, making it a bit more like heaven. What might a step towards Jesus, towards living out your purpose, look like for you today?